Welcome to Season 2 of Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who think differently and want to explore ideas and topics relevant to all areas of their life. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 11. Hi, Sandy, how are you? I'm good, Joanne. I'm really looking forward to Episode 11. It's going to be a good one. Me too. And I'll tell you why. Because Sandy has met someone and brought someone onto our podcast, which I'm super excited. Her name is Tammy Falls. And I'm just going to introduce her bio before I introduce Tammy. Tammy coaches people who have found success in their life, but are seeking a little bit more deeper fulfillment and connection. People who often find themselves stuck in cycles of procrastination, unrelenting standards and expectations and limitations on their time. Inner travel coaching process, which is also the name of her business, is a blend of coaching, yoga and meditation that starts with the individual client. It starts with where they are, what holds them back and where they want to go. So she works with clients to craft the vision and build a solid and sustainable plan to get them focused and moving steadily towards their goal whatever they may choose as their goal. So Tammy, welcome to our podcast today. Hello, thank you so much. Super excited. When Sandy told me she met you, um, I was like, do you think she'll be on the podcast? <laughs> so Sandy, yeah, tell us, tell us what kind of got you curious when you met Tammy and so, why we kind of really want her on the podcast today. Okay, so I was at this event in Toronto. It's actually a podcast that we listened to, Being Boss, and they had a event in Toronto that I went to. I went on my own, which is a, a little outside my comfort zone, and I sat at a table with this group of women who looked very lovely and interesting. And I sat beside Tammy, and I started chatting with her about what she does and when she was telling me about this sort of new tangent or pivot that she's um, taken in her coaching business, I was really interested because one of the conversations that we have been having recently on our show is around emotions and fear and uh, different experiences that we have in our life. And I felt like Tammy's really kind of heading into a specific area that I think a lot of us avoid talking about or don't know how to talk about in our lives. So I was telling Joanne about that, and we were like, yes, we need to have her on the podcast. So Tammy, I know that's all very vague sounding, and, and people are probably going, tell us, tell what? us, what is this? What does she do? What does she do? So why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, this this new area you're focusing on? Yeah, so as you would glean from my bio, I currently work with kind of be you know busy with business women who's stressed out, approaching burnout. Um, and then I've kind of, like you're saying, I'm doing a bit of a pivot. And because also with that, I do the Brene Brown coaching, the Daring Way stuff, which is all about vulnerability and, and talking about things and emotions that often we just shove away or we just think we're going to talk about it sometime and it never happens. And signs from the universe, I mean, where I just cannot ignore them anymore, where they just kind of kept coming to my consciousness about death coaching and I've always been comfortable talking about death I'm a cancer survivor so I think that probably plays a lot into it yeah the the kind of the you know the whispers and then the bricks upside the head and then I just started uh, researching it and going into it so 
when I met Sandy, I had literally just gotten back. I'd finished my 500-hour yoga training in California. And I'll tell you a little backstory of I was visiting friends in San Diego right before the final week of training was starting. And I went with the intention to go to my favorite coffee shop and journal about the last quarter of 2016 and what I wanted my business to accomplish or what it was going to look like. And if death coaching was something I wanted to pursue that I could use as part of my current services, that sort of thing. So I went to the super crowded patio and sat down next to a woman who, as I was lowering myself into the chair, was saying, I cannot believe how disorganized my mother's funeral was. I could have used some help, like some kind of counseling or something through it. So I sat down. I'm like, come on. (laughs) I sat down next to someone who's literally talking about how they could have used a death coach sort of thing in that process with her mother. So I totally was leaning over the back of my chair, like (laughs) straining to listen to this woman's conversation with her friend and was taking all these notes. And and then as her friend that she was telling the story to got up to leave because he had to go to work. I just said, excuse me, I have to introduce myself. I've been totally eavesdropping on your conversation, (laughs) but here's why I'm here. And I remember the friend was like, shut up. That's crazy. Oh my God. So then she sat back down and we talked for another half an hour about, yeah, like what she saw were the deficiencies in that whole process. um, And, you know, how she thought maybe a death coach could kind of help with that. So that was amazing. I was absolutely vibrating after that. And yeah, I just since then kind of started pursuing it. I actually did for that final week in my coaching or my yoga training, we had to do a final project. And I had a corporate one that was normally would have been for the busy businesswoman, all about trust and that sort of thing planned out. And uh, yeah, the 11th hour, I just switched it and did the crossover cafe is what I called it. So I, yeah, that my beta group was my fellow yoga teacher trainers. And it went phenomenally well where I just um, we talked about stories and fears that come up. And the first woman who put her hand up was, you know, violent and gruesome. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> here, we, here we go. So, but we did, we just, we had an open discussion about that. And obviously a lot of the similar fears that people have around it, a lot of the uncertainty, all the overwhelm that often happens because people don't have the paperwork planned out and it happens suddenly and they're trying to be, you know, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, physically present as well as having to deal with, you know, actually all the logistics and that sort of thing. So, yeah. And then obviously there was a few too that were like, oh, in our family, it's a beautiful celebration of life. It's a big drunk fest, you know, or it's a big party. Like it's a huge um, celebration. So then I put them in a guided meditation and it was beautiful. I mean, truly emotional. The women were um, profoundly affected and what happened in their meditation was I, um, yeah, just guided them through to what their ideal crossover might look like. Cause I think that's where a lot of the overwhelm starts is that I do not even know what I want. I don't know, maybe, or actually I've heard too, where, you know, families, um, like, well, we have your plot already, you know, it's already purchased and here it is. Yeah. And that's, what's going to happen. Or religion obviously plays a huge part. And then a lot, I think just don't know. They're like, I don't even know what the options are. And so they'll sit down with the best of intentions to get the paperwork done. Um, you know, get the will, get the power of attorney, all that. But then to actually answer the questions thoughtfully, that's where it stops. I know I've tried as well, where you're just like, oh my gosh, like you want me to think about this? And I don't even know how I feel about it. So through this guided meditation, we just went to that place of, well, where are you? Are you outdoors? Are in a, If so, are you in a meadow? Are you in a forest? Are you by the beach? Where are you? Are you 
with loved ones? Are you alone? And we got into sensory, you know, textiles, taste, you know, what's music's playing? Are there rituals being performed? Are candles lit? You know, all that sort of just giving you kind of all the options in your meditation and then seeing what your inner self is drawn towards and what you kind of paint that picture to be. And then coming out of that and journaling about it and then, you know, discussing all that. It was, yeah, it was profound. I could not believe that. I was so thankful that in that, thankfully I switched that project in the last, you know, hour because um, it was amazing. So yeah, that's why I'm super jazzed about, you know, pivoting and and discovering or diving into this realm because I think as you're saying in the intro it's a it's the final kind of taboo closet oh yeah you know it just kind of stays in the closet and we'll talk about it only when we're absolutely forced and then obviously at that time it's hugely emotional there's so much else going on um that it's just overwhelming so my intention with this is then to ease the suffering you know ease the fears literally get it planned out to the way you want having the conversation with your loved ones about it so that you can put it away, put it on the shelf. It's there. And then work from the begin with the end in mind. So now we know how, you know, Sandy Joanne, you want to be remembered as, Mm. I don't know, philanthropic world travelers who save, I don't know, children somewhere, whatever it is. Okay. Now how are we going to make sure we're living in accordance with that? So that whenever the end does Mm. come, you can go peacefully knowing that you lived in accordance with all those values and goals and dreams. That's amazing. So I know, Joanne, I probably have a thousand questions running through (laughs) our heads right now. But one that when you were talking, I was thinking about a trend. So I'm in that generation where my parents' generation that's starting to to die. See, I don't even want to say it. It's kind of a weird Mm. word. You don't even we don't even like to say the word death passing on but Mm um so I was I've just been aware of how often they don't want anything you know that seems to be a real trend so you know my Mm. friends parents who have have died they they're like no I don't want any kind of service of remembrance I don't want any you know and and then so the people the family members don't really do anything you know, they mm-hmm. just kind of have this end and there's no ceremony or marking of it. I just wonder what's, I don't know. I just, it's just a question in my mind. Why do so many people do you think, why don't they want to have some sort of service? Is it like some kind of humility or what is that? Um, yeah. I mean, that's a good question and something I'll be exploring, I'm sure as this all comes up, but um probably then what I would help people with is that you can still do ritual around what you would need. Right. So if it was, you know, my mother or something who passed and she did not want anything, I would love to honor those wishes because those are her wishes and that was her life. However, what could the family do to bring friends together and that sort of thing to have our memorial around that. So as for why people personally choose that, I don't know. I find I just coaching practice. A lot of people hate being thought of as a burden. (laughs) Right. So they're like, I don't want to interrupt people's days. I don't want them, you know, trek all the way out to see me. Like, I go. And then some people also too believe that they just, you know, they're always ever present so that they're actually not leaving. They're just leaving the body. Um, yeah, it would just come down to personal choice. So Ash and I did our, um, well, this was a couple of months ago, we updated our wills and our power of attorney and our, what is it? Um, health will or 
Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And uh, for those people who don't know, in Canada, we have uh, a new assisted dying law, which I want to talk about in a moment. But you've just kind of raised uh, another conversation. I need to go back because we've we've done the will check. We've done mm-hmm. the power of attorney and who gets what. But we haven't actually spoken about any celebration or uh, legacy or anything like that um mm-hmm. yeah so i guess that's what you're talking about kind of helping people put the fun in funerals yeah and it's crazy because i also have an event planning background so i'm just like oh my gosh this is actually planning for the biggest party you know ever and it's actually, as you're saying, you know, with the end of life bill passing here, it is becoming more prevalent to actually have living funerals. I actually just read a really touching story about a girl who was about 26, because California has done the same as well. And um, so she was in LA area, but she was had Lou Gehrig's disease. You know, that's basically where your body just melts. And she's like, I know my choices are dying of suffocation or choking. Um, she's like, it's not how I want to go. I know I'm young but I want to have this living funeral. And it was really the most touching story. A friend of hers wrote it. She literally had an event planner <laughs> help her plan everything out. And it sounded like an absolutely beautiful service. Because And The Tuesdays with Maury is one of my absolute favorite books. I don't know if you read that. No. But he also had Lou Gehrig's disease. But literally, he talks about, he's like, I don't hear all the stuff when I'm gone. So I want to have the funeral now where I can talk to everyone, you know, and make peace and and of the transition exactly as we talked about is with a more you know calm and peaceful way than and to not hear all these loving words said about you after you're gone but to that point yeah i think more celebrations and that sort of thing are kind of happening yeah which i hope you know i can help facilitate yeah we are going to know more people who have been approved for this process so they they do have more of the what did you call it living um, living funeral living funeral yeah, what I don't I what do we do? How do we support? How are we supposed to react? Mm-hmm. All of those conversations kind of coming up, and as Sandy yeah. said, we're in kind of those middle stages where we may have parents who mm-hmm. who are going down this way. I talking to you. I was thinking about you know you are a cancer survivor. I don't know if we use mm-hmm. the term survivor, but you've um, had cancer how do people come to terms with end of life you know so it seems like some people like you said you know you sort of are able to help people focus on how they want to end their life but i think there's a um a transition from even being able to go there for sure yeah how do people get there in a in a healthy way you know to that letting because i you know i think it is it's a letting go Yeah, and I think this is where the difference between therapy and coaching would kind of come in, because usually the line is therapy takes you from where you are now and looks backwards. Mm. And and that's where I think for, as you're saying, with someone who maybe is recently diagnosed, they would have to go through, or assuming they would go through like a grief counseling process, you know, kind of make peace with what's happening. And then they would come to me once they're like, okay, I've made peace, now I want to move forward, because that's always with coaching is where you are now and where you want to go. So be like, okay, great. So, and actually I have a client who, um, yeah, has been my client, gosh, for a couple of years off and on. And now she's just been recently diagnosed and she's like, I'm coming to you once I figure out, you know, everything that's going on medically, but then she wants to move forward and start planning, you know, all this kind of stuff. So 
like that's where the the division will be mm-hmm. is working through it and then once you're, you've made peace of it then let's move forward and just plan everything out so that you can surrender it and release it knowing that your wishes will be you know seen through and that again for me it's just that finding that contentment the peace knowing that you've done all you can within your power to ensure that your transition is as easy as possible. So that, you know, and that I've had a lot of people too talk about how they would do it more for their kids and for their loved ones because they want it to be as easy a process for them as possible so that all you have left to do is love the person through that transition. Mm -hmm. Because you don't have to worry about the paperwork. You're not going to have to worry about DNRs and all that stuff. It's already taken care of. You just have to be present. Yeah, yeah. So, Tammy, I know you've written some blogs on your website and I was having a look and and one of them really struck me and it was the one you wrote about when someone you care for or or a friend is uh, hit with a crisis. Honestly, this is where I struggle. I struggle a lot when I have a friend who has been diagnosed with cancer, for example. I never know what to do. just never know what to do Mm. and I guess as I'm sitting here kind of raising it I probably should ask them okay what do you need from me any thoughts and suggestions for our listeners because what I do do is is I get scared that I'm going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing so I retreat Mm -hmm. from the relationship yeah um, which is not good well and Sasha I'm going through the exact same thing this week with a dear dear friend of mine whose mother is very close to passing Mm. so I completely empathize and understand what the position you're in and a few things come up for me here and that is the vulnerability because to connect with them to empathize with them you have to then also connect with that same feeling and emotion in yourself so that can often be overwhelming and that's why people I think often just who can't deal with that right now. I'll come back to it. And the best of intentions that you're going to pick up the phone and call and that sort of thing. And then it just never happens. So mm. being compassionate and loving towards yourself and knowing that it's a process as well um, for you. And then also um, that blog post you were talking about, I kind of give the mountain analogy of oh, yeah. they're at the top of their crisis mountain. So they can scream from that you know, mountaintop. They can stomp and they can freak out. They can cry. They can do whatever they want. They can shout down at us. But our job being further down the mountain, so I kind of talk about it as like concentric circles going down the mountain. So the first circle might be immediate family. So they're going to be the closest ones that support that person. And then, you know, further down the friends and that sort of thing. And that they are completely, (laughs) you know, they are entitled to do that screaming and freaking out up there. We just have to support. But knowing that we can't shout up a mountain. So we then can only look to people below us to kind of, if this is making sense. I'm drawing it in the air. You can't see it. (laughs) I can visualize. Yeah, but just knowing that we can't put our stuff on the people that are above us. It's going to be more of like a trickle down the mountain sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally that friend of mine who this week is going through that, I've just sent through, you know, <laughs> heart emojis and just thinking of yous because we aren't, you know, it, our job isn't to know the right thing to say because we don't know. Right. Our job is just to be present and be there and go, Whew, you know, I'm just, mm. I'm here for you whatever you need, let me know. And then to help, because this friend of mine is um, in Ottawa, and uh, all of us are here in Toronto, is that we had a beautiful ritual of I had everyone light a candle. And then obviously as they're lighting it, they set their best intentions and love and all that towards her. And then I had them take a picture of the candle. So then I put all the pictures together in a little collage. 
and then just sent that to her saying, we're holding light for you here. Oh, um, <laughs> in your darkest times, right? Because that's all um, you want is just knowing that people are thinking of and supporting you. So that I know she really appreciated that. And it's tough. So it's really just holding space, I find, and, and knowing that they know where to reach out. And when they're ready, they know where to find you. But, um, but yeah, they have every right to, ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. why me? All that sort of yes. stuff. Um, and you just hold that for them and just literally just be receiving and listening. And hugs are always good, you know, that sort of yeah. thing if you are with them. So, but yeah, the not knowing what to say is such a barrier. And I know it's so easy to <laughs> kind of run the other way. But yeah, yeah. you can hold space. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, yeah I love that idea that, you know, you you talked about rituals and I, I don't feel like we always, um, or we don't have often rituals around these mm-hmm. things that, that help facilitate us processing what's happening. And Yeah, um, and that one was from actually from a birthing, so go figure, you know, death and uh, birth, but that's actually a ritual from um, the shaman kind of yoga community of everyone gets a candle at this mother blessing ceremony and then when the word goes out that she's in labor, everyone lights their candle so oh. that they're again, like kind of all holding that energetic space for her as she's giving birth. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm reading this book and I know you're familiar with the book because you posted a stack of books on your Instagram account. <laughs> you're reading, And it, it kind of propelled me or to read a book someone gave me about a year ago to read because my father has um, Louis body dementia and we're kind of going through a bit of a, mm. a you know, decline there with him and um it's called being mortal mm-hmm. and um what i i've just started reading it and i um thinking about how focused we are on getting people well and mm-hmm. even you know he's in his 80s and he has this um condition that we know it's not going to get better and we've talked about that it's you know there's this is you're not going to recover from this And, um, but the medical profession is so committed to keeping people. Yeah. And so, you know, right now they're at doctors like three times a week, constantly trying new medications and new treatments. And it's just kind of prolonging in some ways and drawing out the situation, but also I think keeping them from facing the situation. Mm. In a in a way, because no one's really talking about the fact that this is this is going. I mean, we're all going to die. We know that, but this is going to just keep getting worse for you. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just I'm really enjoying this book now that I've started into it. I, it's I think going to be really helpful for me in mm-hmm. having um, a better conversation with my parents and not being as um, afraid of talking to them about it. Mm-hmm. because I think that in some ways that um, we feel like death is a, a defeat. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the greatest defeat that we can have, but it's going to happen. It's such yeah. a weird podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> we are going there, right? Yeah. And actually one of my best friends is a doctor. So we've talked in length about exactly that. And she's read that book as well. But she's like, Tammy, we are trained to save lives at all costs. Mm. That's it. Because it's seen as a failure, just saying for them, if they lose that life. It's, you know, it's this. And that's where I, I, when I started that, you know, 
um, group with the yogis, I'm like, let's talk about the stories and the fears and beliefs that we have around this. Because why is it a failure? You know, like, so it's, yeah, it's a whole other can of worms. But as my friend says, she's like, yeah, we as a medical community really need to focus on the fact that, yeah, as you're just saying, we're kind of prolonging the inevitable a lot of the time. And to kind of, again, just make peace with this is their time. Let yeah. them go. And there's a beautiful, I mean, if you want to put it in the, the links and that on the show notes, but um, Maya Angelou has a beautiful segment in the masterclass program that she did with Oprah called Love Liberates. And actually, I experienced it for myself when my grandmother passed, who was my, my rock star in my life, um, where we get so, we cling, you know, and, and I think that's where the medical community is involved. They're just, they're, they're clinging to trying to keep this person around when, as we're oh. saying, it's like, it's their natural time to go. Mm-hmm. And if we can liberate them instead of clinging, that's where the love is. Mm-hmm. Because my parent, I'll, I'll tell you the story. I actually did a blog post on this as well, but I always saw my parents as liberating me. I've traveled the world. I have, you know, they've always been like, okay, we're not sure we understand, but go. We love you. Go. We wish you would stay in Toronto. You know, but please go travel. And when my grandmother passed, and she was my maternal grandmother, um, my mom had a natural instinct once my brother, mom, and I were all at her bedside to lean over and whisper in her, in her ear, you can go now. And we all just seemed to be seeking that permission to go. Mm. And literally, my brother, my mom, and I all stood and held hands, and we knew the exact second she left that body. But mm. she needed that permission. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts we can give others. And that's what Maya Angelou talks about in that segment is that's what she also was able to do with her mother because her mother liberated her to go into all the things that she wanted to do. And then she was able to also liberate her at that final you know, time when she needed permission to go. So I think that's where that, and that's why I'm hoping I can get help with this conversation. It is starting. People are talking more about this, about how can we change our perspective on it and seeing it as a liberation versus a failure. Yeah. Sandy, how are you holding up here? Because I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps and tears in every story that's shared. Oh, I feel the yeah, same but this way. Is so, this is why I want to have the conversation. Yes, absolutely. This is a beautiful thing, yeah. Well, and I'm the non-feeler in the in <laughs> relationships, so I'm like, holy, how's Sandy going? I love what I just wrote down. I, okay, I'm just kind of all over the place, clearly, but... So we have a reframe model that we touch on in each podcast. It's kind of an ongoing process that, you know, we encourage people to take time to reflect, um, really understand their reality, realign, and always kind of interconnecting through is is relationships and, and mm-hmm. who can support them right now or what relationships do they need to focus on. And I've just written some notes about every single one. Actually, I love what you've said. I mean, for a reflection, I love how you said, what stories, beliefs, and fears do I have around dying? I mean, that's a great place to start for our listeners to really think about that start of that kind of reflective process. I don't know if you or Sandy have anything else to add. Yeah, just get curious. Oh, I think for me, I'm always like the people pleaser. And I think that, you know, death feels like the ultimate failure, like I said, of not pleasing people. Like, wow, I've really let you down. Now I died. Sorry. (laughs) 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 Oh, my goodness. Well, you know. (laughs) 
I'm yeah. serious though, you know, it yeah. when I said it feels like a, a failure or a defeat, you know, because for those of us who, you know, want to contribute and be a positive person in other people's lives, sometimes mm-hmm. illness and thinking about death feels like, wow, we can't be that the yeah. strength. We want to be strong women, you know, that's sort of yeah. that's that's one of our messages, yeah. right? I would say a lot of people also I've heard um, as I'm doing all this reading about it is they think if they talk about death, it'll happen. Right. Ah. Yes. Yeah. That's so true. And that's interesting in that circle I did with that meditation, you know, one woman sat up and was crying (laughs) through it because she realized a few things. One, she's a pastor and performs funerals all the time. Oh, two, she had been diagnosed with breast cancer that year and had gone through the surgery and all that. And that three, she didn't have any of her paperwork together, which for her kind of, you know, came back to, wow, I think I may have like a big fear around this, even though she performs funerals all the time. Mm. And that also in the meditation, she realized just how much she loves her life mm-hmm. and how everything is perfect. And that's what she's scared to leave. Yeah. So she's like, wow, like I've really got to, yeah, as you're saying, like a great homework thing is just journaling about that because I would leave the hand as a conduit between the head and the heart. So if we can just get that out on paper and then get curious about it, go, huh, okay, so where did this belief, you know, ABC come from? Is that really true? Is that what I'd want to bring forward in my ideal crossover? Or would I rather look? And that's what I'm hoping too, to bring some humor and levity to it. I think in, in Western culture, we're pretty dark, we're pretty, you know, we go our voices and we, mm-hmm. you know, but it can be something like actually in <laughs> that meditation, I played Circle of Life <laughs> from the oh, Lion King. So they're all super relaxed. And it was like, Danga! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was to bring the point that it is a circle. It is, you know, it's nature. We are a part of nature and it's all, as we're saying, it's inevitable. We know it's going to happen. So why does it have to be? something that is so dark and usually depressing. And, and yes, I mean, there's all the emotions that come into it, but I think we don't invite forward that levity and lightness and humor as much as we can. Right. Um, so that's where I'm hoping to bring more of that beauty, the surrender lightness to it. Mm. Well, I had that conversation with my dad recently where he said to me, I'm so sorry that, cause I've been going to these, a lot of appointments with my parents. And he said, you know, I won't be around forever. I won't be around that much longer to bother you, you know, was what he said to me. And I just, I looked at him and I was like, dad, you are going to find a way from beyond to bother me. (laughs) You're tenacious. I know you'll be there. And and then he just started laughing, you know, and I was like, because he will (laughs) not bother me, but you know, it, yeah, it is like yeah. sometimes you just have to try and and bring that, you know, this isn't the end. I don't believe this is the end either. Like mm-hmm. in, my, in my belief system, you know, there's there's something else after. And um, so anyway, but I do. I, we don't like to laugh too often around that topic for sure. Yeah. 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 And also, it's, though, I'm, I'm curious, I've been curious in those, again, as I keep researching this, is that one statement you said is like, I won't be, you know, the yeah. burden, basically. And again, we go back to wonder if that's why people say they don't want any kind of service, because again, they don't want to be a burden. Like, oh, I've done enough. <laughs> Just let me go and move on with your life. Like, I'm, I don't know. I'm curious, yeah. I'm curious to see. I think what you just said was really holding space for that reality. Um, it is going to happen. 
and mm-hmm. in in reality, we 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 can have a say in it, and we do get to have a say in it. Totally, and that's also <laughs> where I want to help people not have regrets at the end, realizing, you know, um, as you're saying, like you know, it's it's seen usually as a tragedy when you go young because it seems like it's a life unfulfilled. Mm. So my hope would be then to have you now living towards that fulfillment, so that mm-hmm. and you've heard stories of people who, you know, gosh, I realized that, you know. Um, well, for me, like a big catalyst was traveling. And I've always said, as long as I went to Australia and Africa, that was my two big bucket list, like massive boxes <laughs> that I could pretty go, like I could go pretty peacefully from that. So it'd be then, okay, so we've got all that done. Now let's make sure that you're living your life in accordance with how you truly want to live it. Um, so that at the end, yeah, there is no regrets. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I don't know when that will be. So yeah. Um, I know so many ways to talk about it. There yeah. is. Um, I love how you, for realign, I wrote uh, liberate instead of cling. I love that. Mm-hmm. We need to. We need a Canva photo for that one, Sandy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but doesn't and, that even just feel better in your soul? You yeah. know, because there's ego that's clinging. Yeah. I don't want you to go. I'm not ready. Yeah. Yes. You don't really have a say in it. Yeah. If they want to go, and that's where I found too. I've worked a lot with seniors. I did post grad gerontology work and worked in um, assisted living for seniors. And that's again was my catalyst for traveling because I asked all of them, and 100% of them were like, "Travel now." And I was 25, yes. 26 at the time, but that was their regrets. I was think I was sitting here thinking about our podcast is called reframe your life and I was thinking and I, this is like an interesting conversation, but we're really talking about reframe your death. And uh, it's it's just fascinating to me. <gasps> I just got chills. Yeah, <laughs> really. I know. That's oh, I just was like, wow, this is like a, a huge reframe. And yeah. uh, I'm I'm confident, Tammy, that the work you're going to do is going to have such an impact on people's lives. And when I met you, I just was really struck by the need for it and knew that it we wanted to have a conversation around this with you. So I want to thank you for, for bringing us into this difficult conversation and for opening that up for us and for the people that you're working with. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's exciting. I've never felt so aligned and energized <laughs> before. Mm-hmm. And who knew it would be really yeah, around this death. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was saying like, Oh my gosh, I'll be a life and death coach. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we can can hear it uh, in your voice. So just tell the listeners what your website is so they can just keep track of the research that you're going to do and uh, how to get in touch. Yeah, so innertravelcoaching.com is where you'll find me. And, yes, I mean, I'm launching this. I've been talking marketing and everything else. So um, so definitely stay tuned to that channel. And and Facebook and Instagram is kind of our most active on social media, and those are – inner travel coaching as well so but thank you so much for the invitation it's um it's how do we finish this off sandy like i'm just sitting here going okay we could keep the conversation but we do like to we can't keep the conversation going i know but but we want our list like keep the conversation going on facebook guys because it's i don't Mm -hmm. know it's just one of those conversations i think we the more we have it the more we may start to get over some of that that fear and uh, and look at the reality. Reading the back of this book and the the final line says that the goal is not a good death, but a good life all the way to the end. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Thanks, Tammy. Thanks, Joanne. 
Hi Life Reframers, did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.